Welcome to day 19 of National Podcast Post Month here on The Spotlight with me, your host, Ben Beck. This one, uh, this rewind, I'm taking you back to a an actor named TJ Thine, who you may not know uh, off the top of your head, but he was somebody we were really unfamiliar with at the time, too, and we had him on, and man, our, our, our podcast blew up after we did. Um, he was on Promoting Bones on Fox, and he has such a fan following that he, this is still to this day, astonishingly, one of our most listened to podcasts because of the great fans that he has. Uh, hopefully, if you were listening to this, maybe you're one of those fans that stuck around. That's that's what it, really what I could hope for. But I hope you guys enjoy this one. This is our rewind, taking you back to our conversation with TJ Thine. All right, welcome back to the showcast uh, for this week's interview. Uh, so our guest this week uh, has been in, well, let's kind of be honest, what hasn't he been in, really? Uh, both movies, television, the list goes on and on, from 24, the OC, CSI, to Aaron Brockovich, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You've definitely seen this guy's face, but now he can be seen every Thursday night on Fox's hit show, Bones. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. TJ Thine. TJ, how you doing? Yay, thank you for that intro. That was very nice. I'm very <laughs> good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Adam and I are pretty proud to say that it, in an indirect way, we kind of have a weird connection to the show Bones, at least through one of the actors, uh, in that David Boreanaz is from Philadelphia, which is where we're from. Well, you're, and, and you're limiting yourself. You're connected to more than just David, because Michaela Conlon's from, uh, from Allentown, uh, Michael oh, Brantieri, Michael Brantieri who plays Wendell is from out there, uh, our, our crew, we've got like a bunch of guys from Philly on the crew. The, the crew of Bones is basically made up of, um, uh, Philly, Boston, which is where I'm from, and several others, uh, and Canada, where, you know, Tamara, Hart Hansen, such so there's a bunch of Canadians. Everyone from Philly and from Boston all on the phone set. So you guys have many more than you realize that are on the <laughs> is, is production? Ben, aren't you from, right. ben, aren't you from New Jersey? You live in Philly, but or Philadelphia, but aren't you from New Jersey originally? Uh, I am. How did you know that? I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> I have people. Ah, you, you, <laughs> I don't have people. you did I your have, own I research. I have a laptop. I don't look you guys up. I didn't want to get on the phone with some strangers. No, we like that. We actually, we, we do like that. You're one of the few people that's actually done that. That's, you know, done your research. I mean, obviously we do our research on you. Uh, but you're one of the few people we've talked to who's actually done the research on us. And yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I am from Jersey. I was born in Jersey. I lived over there till about 96. And then I've been living in PA ever since. What so. part of Jersey are you from? I'm actually from central Jersey, a little town called, uh, well, there's two towns. Um, more people know Florence, but there's a, a tinier town kind of attached to it in the same county called Roebling. Um, okay. which right. Roebling is actually pretty historic to, uh, LA. They, there was an old steel mill, not to bore you with history in my town, but, um, there was oh, an old, Lord. there was an old steel mill in Roebling and, and the Roebling steel mill is actually the ones that they're the factory that built the cable for the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow, that's so cool. And that's uh, really cool. Yeah, and a bunch of bridges in New York, too. So, I mean, the Roebling's got to tie into the country that, and most people really don't even know about the town. Is so. it still open? Is the factory still open? No, the factory closed down probably in the, I think the late 70s. 
and was abandoned for a long time. And then I was actually a fireman in Jersey and there was a, there was a huge, huge fire at the steel mill that destroyed most of the, the remaining buildings. Uh, so now the, most of the areas, but what's, uh, what was left of the factory was, uh, kept there and, uh, I don't want, and, and kind of preserved. And now there's, uh, a actual Roebling and steel mill museum in place of where the other places are that you can go and visit. Okay. I got you. Well, how do you go from being a fireman to finding your way into radio? Uh, long story, but, uh, health issues. I'm curious, I'm curious, who's doing the interview? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, this is my nature, I know. I no, it's... It. No, we don't mind it all. No, show. yeah, it's, it's very rare that we get interviewed in return, so I, I like it. I'm curious, though, do you know where, what part of Allentown Michaela's in? Because that's right about where I live right now. Is she, I, I'm smack dab in Allentown, I'm not sure, I don't know the streets and stuff, but her family's still there. Oh, um, we're going to have to try and get her on, too, then. Yeah, she's great. Oh my god, you guys will love her anyway. Honestly, her and David and, and uh, uh, again, Michael Grant Harry, they're all, and they talk of Philly very, very often, and, and they're quite proud of it too, so you guys, you guys have a big, uh, contingency over in the Bones world. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but moving on a little bit more to, now switching the interview back towards you in your direction. <laughs> um, as I said in the intro, you know, that you, you have a very long career and a lot of points to it. Uh, you know, you, you, you pretty much have a career and it's nothing, you know, disrespectful or anything like that, but you pretty much have had a small career of just, or a large career of small roles leading yeah. up, uh, you know, leading up to bones. And, and now you've gone, you pretty much went from a long career of one-offs to a long stint in the same character. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, how, was that an easy transition to make going from just one-off to one-off to one-off to now a show that's lasted 10 seasons? Yeah, it's kind of trippy. I, you know, you, you never, I mean, like it would have been great if the first audition I ever got invited to was something that was a large role on, you know, on a show that was going to last a decade or more. Um, but it just didn't really work out that way. I had a really hard time getting an agent, uh, in LA. It's not so easy. And I, I grew up doing a bunch of theater, um, and then uh, did some commercials and stuff. I moved around the country quite a bit. Uh, and so I would kind of try and do commercials and things like that when I could. And then I decided when it was time for, for college, I wanted to go to Southern California and use that. I, I got one of those big college guidebooks and ripped out Southern California and threw the rest of the book away. And I was like, okay, what colleges can I go to? Um, and uh, I looked at SC, and I really loved their program, their television, film, and theater program. So I decided to go there. But then you graduate, and you think, you know, of course, you're like, oh, um, they're going to connect me. I'm, now it's done, right? I'm, I'm here. I've got an education. Everyone's going to be so impressed with the with a DSA for yeah. USC, uh, you know, not the case. You, you just, you can't, you can't seem to get arrested, you know, uh, in terms of agents and managers and such. You never have enough, enough, um, credit and things. So I got into this point where, you know, I really, I knew that I wanted to do television and film and, and, and at that time, I mean, that was a while ago, TV was not what it is today. I mean, it was, it was, there were a few shows that we were all kind of watching, but, but really it was, it was very heavily, you know, network television stuff. We, you didn't have all the genius cable shows and, and amazing programming that you have today. So, so everyone was still trying to get like into the movie world. That was really what we wanted. And I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And I, and I would sit like night after night writing to every agency in town and, uh, um, I just kind of would get rejected from all of them. Until one day I kind of looked at it and I thought, okay, look, 
these guys are in the exact same situation I am. They are probably so afraid of losing their job and taking a risk on something because they're trying to prove themselves. You know, they're all probably at a point in their agencies where they either have a career that they've worked hard for and they want to keep it that way, or they're trying to build their own. And if they take a risk on some kid from college that has absolutely no credit to show for it, they're, they're taking a risk that's not necessarily going to play out in their favor, yeah. so they might think. So I thought the only thing I can do is get out there and try and build a resume of credit. Um, and if I don't have an agent and I don't have a manager to do it, then I gotta, I gotta figure some other way out. So I started realizing that the real, the best way to do it was to get in touch with casting directors directly. And I didn't really know how to do that other than writing to them and stuff. So, um, I started coming up with creative, clever ways of kind of, uh, designing envelopes and such that would maybe get, get my letter opened. Um, I started working in a restaurant that was 90% industry people because I thought, well, this would be a great opportunity to meet people. I mean, I was just kind of trying to do anything and everything to get myself in front of casting directors. I started um, participating in workshops and showcases that casting directors and casting offices would participate in. And, and uh, you know, after a while, I would just get maybe one casting director that would say, hey, this guy's pretty good, and they would bring me in for, for a one-line role or something. Yeah. And... And then I never let them alone. I would just kind of hound <laughs> them, like, you know, they, you got other things. I know you do this other show, and you do that other show. And, and so they uh, would bring me back, and then I'd be able to get another thing and another thing. And then if you got lucky, like if it was at Warner Brothers, at Warner Brothers, you would go in and audition for Friends, and right next door was the casting director for ER, and right next door to that was the casting director for another hit show at the time. So I just kind of walked this hallway in Building 140 at, at the Warner Brothers lot and would just drop off my resume and headshot when I would go for one audition. And, you know, work that gets work, and I would just be getting little things. And I would take anything. I mean, I was just kind of like, as long as it wasn't, like, really raunchy or gross or weird, I, I would take it. And so, you know, one line here, one line there, and I just felt like, you know, the whole purpose behind it was just had my resume with credits, so eventually some agency will say, yeah, we'll take him, which is kind of what happened. I finally uh, wedged myself into an agency that had since gone away. It was a tiny little agency, but I kind of wedged myself. Even they didn't want to take me, but I kind of convinced them to take me on. <laughs> um, and then I realized shortly after that, that didn't really necessarily solve the issue. You know, you think now, okay, cool, there's this, there's this great title at the top of my resume. There's an agency's name. So now I'm, I'm good, right? I just have to sit back and answer the phone, right? You know, and, and it just, it, it, I mean, I realized quickly the work I had been doing of, on my own and, and busting my butt and meeting producers and casting directors, that really is what you have to continue to do. So, so that's what I did. And I, and I just kept at it. And that agency eventually went away and, and, um, I moved to one other. But really, even with, even with Bones, it was, I knew the director. I had worked with the director, Greg Utanis, on, uh, on a show called CSI New York. We, we worked with each other in that. We had tried to work with each other a few times before that, um, and it didn't work out. And so then Greg, we were talking one night, and he was like, oh, I'm going to direct this pilot. It's called Brennan for Fox. And I was just, I was doing 24 at the time. And I said, oh, you know, who are you considering for the roles? And he said, well, we're thinking of David Boreanaz from Angel. And I said, oh, yeah, I worked with David on Angel. And he said, oh, and, and there's a, uh, there's this uh, young actress we've already cast named Michaela Kama. And I said, oh, yeah, I worked with her in MDs. <laughs> and then he said, and and we're thinking, you know, we don't know who the lead's going to be yet. And then he said, you know, you, you should actually look at this role. There's this role of this 45-year-old guy. He's this doctor who kind of wears shorts and flip-flops and has big glasses and looks like a bug. You know, he talks about <laughs> bugs all the time. And so he, he sent me the script, and I looked at it, and 
called him the next day, and I said, I don't think I'd really play him that way. I mean, he, he seems to be this really eager guy to me that that isn't so, you know, obviously like he's a bug. Like, it's more like he knows science really well, and he can just rattle it off, and he's kind of flippant with it, but, but he's much more interested in kind of, um, you know, the experiments that he does and, and like, like the interactions of, in the office, like what's happening with who and what. So he's like, all right, you know, come in and meet these guys and, and uh, go for it. Just, just see what happens. And so I yeah. Him and it was great. Yeah, so and then that was 10 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say that that character turned into Dr. Jack Hodgins, the, the man you've been playing for the past 10 years. Uh, I'm curious, how has your, how would you say your character, uh, Jack Hodgins, has kind of developed and changed between, you know, season one, which probably feels like forever ago, and now in, in season 10? When I first started playing Hodgins, uh, I really saw him as the mad scientist, and it was kind of the modern-day mad scientist, right? What would a mad scientist of today look like? And, you know, he's a highly skilled um, um, scientist, right? I mean, he's advanced degrees in entomology and botany and mineralogy and such, so he, he knows what he's talking about, and he happens to come from an extremely affluent uh, upbringing and family, so he doesn't need the money, so that's another thing, a clue into the character. Well, this guy really loves what he does, because he doesn't even have to work, but this is what he's choosing to do with his life. So he was really so invested. And again, the mad scientist part, the mad part of it, it was he kind of had these anger management issues. He, he wears this green rubber band, which I, I put on for the pilot, and my character has been wearing for the last 10 years. I always have it on um, when, I, when I'm shooting. Um, and in the early days, like Angelo Montenegro, Michaela's character would kind of snap the rubber band and kind of, you know, piss Jack off and stuff. But he just kind of was this, like, very, like, wound tight, angry, bitter, hated the government, would really like, you know, kind of despise Booth's character played by David Boreanaz because he was he was part of that machine, you know, and Big Brother and stuff. And that was really kind of how he was, which was very, it was fine. It was great. It was great if the show went for a season or two or three. But then eventually it's just exhausting to kind of play that, like, really wound tight, angry, bitter guy. Um so ever so gently as the show continues, I started trying to kind of release some of that and let a little bit more of TJ come into it, where it was just, you know, there is some kind of fun-loving part of this character that's positive and happy and, you know, loves what he does. And, and so so I found strategic places over the season to, to let Jack loosen up a little bit, you know, his character and relationship with Zach. Addie, when Zach left the show, and, and um, oh, excuse me, when Eric left the show, and, and the character of Zach kind of went to prison, that was really tough on Jack, and the gravedigger, uh, Jack being kind of buried alive, that was really tough on him, and him trying desperately to get into a relationship with, with Michaela's character, Angela, and that was never really happening, and that was tough on him. But ever so gently, each of those things started to kind of, like, find light. He went and saw Zach at, at prison. It was okay. Zach was okay. Um, they, he had closure with the gravedigger when they finally caught the gravedigger and killed the gravedigger. He finally wooed Angela to the point where she actually came around and they got married. And so, so in each of those moments, I get to release some of that, like, anger stuff. So now I think the Jack Hodgins of today, like season 10, is way closer to me as a person. You know, he's really giddy and he's happy and he loves what he does and loves the people he works with. And that's kind of the impression that he gets, you know, some of the fun things that Jack does now. He's, he's so giddy and childlike when it comes to experiments and, and yet, you know, some of the fun moments, his interactions with Booth and stuff now, like he'll give Booth a big bear hug and you can tell that Booth is so awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> and Jack's just smiling with his eyes closed while hugging him, you know, and that's kind of much more fun than the, the beginning. So, 
as you can tell, I talk a lot. So that one <laughs> you're just completely overwhelmed with what I'm saying. Just say, okay, we got it. No, not it's it's yeah, it's not a problem at all. We we'd rather you talk a lot than not at all. So. <laughs> Yeah, that would be awkward. Have you had that happen in interviews where someone's just like, yes, no? Yeah, actually, no. We have had actually the opposite where somebody has talked for a really long time, (laughs) probably about five minutes. But it was it was one of the situations where we like pretty much could have walked out of the room for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, I did the I did the introduction, and then ten minutes later, we finally got to ask the first question. It was just. All right, so I'm not that bad. So no, no, no. You're fine. Trust me. Yeah, this was more of a, a spiel than it was an interview at that point. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. a little political. But anyway, um, yeah, gotcha. so for your first few years on Bones, I'm, I'm sure a lot of, you know, like you said, with all uh, Hodgins' degrees and everything like that, I'm sure a lot of it was reading a script, you know, when it came to the science aspect of it. But after all these years, have, have you learned anything scientifically from the role? Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. I mean, being on television for 10 years, I mean, think about 10 years ago. There were no smartphones. There, we were all kind of learning to text, right? I mean, and texting was like, you know, press the same button three times to get to the yeah. to the letter that you wanted. Which, I mean, we, which we, I loved, by the way. I missed that. You liked that? Yeah, they used to have that, like, I think it was like T9 or something, where you could set it up so it was like predictive texting. So you yeah, can hit yeah. E4, 7, and it kind of knows what word you... It made texting so much. Yeah. Like, I didn't have to look at my phone to text. Yeah, modern-day autocorrect, which is a pain in the butt now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it probably cool. made it a little dangerous because it made texting and driving easier at that point, but it was still a little easier to text. Yeah. One of my yeah, favorite sorry. things is, is reading the, the, the autocorrect thing where it just goes wrong. <laughs> it's so funny. And it happens a lot, too. I had a guy, a buddy of mine is helping me right now at my house. Um, uh, just, I'm, I'm trying to redo this, this, this bathroom I've been trying to do for a long time. So anyway, he's helping me up because he lays tile. That's kind of what he does. Maybe I shouldn't show this story. No, I think it'll be all right. Um, so, so he's laying tile and, uh, uh, I was on set. I was, I was working away and, and he texted me just to kind of say that, you know, he was finishing up. So he said, Hey, um, uh, he said, Hey, I'm going to do some men. On your on your bathroom floor, and then I'm gonna leave for the night. And immediately another text came in. He said, "I'm gonna do cement, cement on the bathroom floor." And, said, you know, and that moment of like, you know, there was that moment where he reread it and was like, "Oh shit!" You know? And I, just, I love, I love it. It's one of my favorite things. The other thing. Um, sorry. So you were asking me about early day Hodgins and have I learned anything? Um, well, again, so yeah, so ten years ago. I mean, even the internet. I mean, yes, we had it, and we were all using it, and, and we were good at it. But, but it just—I mean, I was like going and meeting with entomologists at the time at universities nearby, and and still kind of checking books out of the out of the library, kind of thing. Well, not that dramatic, but I was buying books at Barnes and Noble when those still existed. <laughs> um, but it was just you know, it was much more like tangible, you know, textbooks and things like that that I was researching things. But now it's right. amazing, man. I mean, we've just all gotten so reliant, and it's so much easier now to kind of be on a show like this because, yeah, I can come home and I can type in Spadopter and Epigalli and Tetranecosorticae, and it pops up, and I know what it is, and I can define it and figure it out, see what it looks like, and all yeah, that. Yeah, you, you also have to spell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's that. 
Um, but but I think it's hard not to pick things up as you go along. Um, yeah. I mean, Emily is probably the most educated out of all of us with this because she really retains the stuff. At some point, I think my brain kind of taps out and is like, there's only so many Latin words you can learn and, and retain when it comes to defining bugs and chemicals and, you know. So, but Emily, she's got to tell I mean, because ultimately being an anthropologist, I mean, her, her character is really just dealing with the same bones over and over and over again. So for case after case after case, you're talking about the same, you know, the same body parts. So she's really retained it, and she's amazing. And you could literally point any bone in the body, and Emily knows it and can tell you lots about it. Whereas for me, it's kind of like unless it's a bug that I've really had to kind of come back to several times or a chemical, then I haven't retained it too much. It's funny in life. Like, people, friends will send me images and be like, hey, this, this, crazy insect just came into my house. What is it? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't know. I hate insects. <laughs> I, I guess in some ways it could almost be like a thrown to the wolves college education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's probably it. Do what you got to do to get by. And then you pass that course, that script is done and you move on. Yeah, it should give you some kind of degree when bones is finished. Yeah, really <laughs> Bones is wrapped up. The good thing is, is that I know that they, there have been, you know, over the years, over the seasons, there's been a lot of the, you know, the medical field and, and specifically the, the field of anthropology and, and entomology and such that have kind of reached out to us at times and stuff. And it's nice to know that they, you know, for the most part, were pretty good on this show. They're pretty impressed with the, with how close we, we keep it. I mean, clearly there are times when we take liberties and we have to just, it's about entertainment. But, right. um, but no, they're actually pretty bad. And we're, we're, we're pretty hard even on each other. I mean, simple things, the simplest of things. Is you couldn't touch that if you weren't wearing gloves. No, don't put your hands there. And I mean, we're, we're really, it's pretty funny to see us upset how we're, we're on each other. Like, you know, that wouldn't be there. You can't do that. You know, not in an, an annoying way, but kind of just more in a, we're just all really, um, uh, clear on the, on the need to keep things sanitized and, and, uh, um, sanitary and such stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we keep going back to the fact that it's been on for 10 years because, I mean, these days it's really hard to keep a show on for that long. And and Bones has kind of become like the NCIS or CSI of Fox. Um, and I know they did they did do the one spinoff, um, what is it, the, the, the Finder, Finder, I think is what Yeah, it? the yeah. Finder. Um, are you a little surprised that there haven't been uh, a few more attempts at a Bones spinoff? Because CSI and NCIS obviously have, you know, umpteen amount of spinoffs. Yeah, I mean those shows are, are. I actually did a few of those shows when those are a few of the shows on my on my uh, <laughs> the resume yeah. you were talking about yeah. before. Um, and they're such franchises. I mean, they really are, and, and they they do so well, and they are so good at what they do. So it, it makes sense to consent this off. I, I, I should say this. I love the Finder. I got to actually my character Jack Hodgins got to actually cross over and do an episode of the Finder with Jeff Dalton and uh, Hart Hansen. So that was really fun for me. I actually. Um, I actually think that one episode of The Finder says a lot more about Hodgins than we've learned in several seasons on Bones. Um, so it was really fun. I was a big, I was a big fan of the show trying to go. But having said that, the truth of the matter is that spinoff was kind of a, they, they kind of call it a backdoor spinoff where it's not really a spinoff. They kind, they basically, you know, 20th and, and Fox love working with Hart, and Hart loves working with them, and so every season he, you know, comes out with another pilot. I mean, it's just part of his contract, I think, with, with the studios and the network. So he comes up with a new pilot, and, and when The Finder came out, uh, he, had, he had adapted yet another book, which is what The Finder was. And I think what it was is Fox felt like, hey, Bones is very successful. Is there a way we can link this new show we're talking about? So they brought 
Jeff's character in one episode just to kind of be like, look at this new character. And then they were like, and now we're going to spin it off. So it's not really a traditional spinoff. Um, a real spinoff, I think, would be something like, you know, if this show ever did end on its own or we wanted to kind of spin something off. But imagine even my character, Hodgins. If Hodgins kind of, maybe the show ends, but Hodgins isn't done yet. And he wants to feel like he, you know, he wants to keep the science going. He's got his money again, and he feels like he can hire the interns themselves, and he create a show called Squints, and it's all about, you know, Hodgins and the Squint team, and maybe maybe it's, they don't work for the government anymore, and maybe now they're, they're you know, it's a private agency, and Hodgins can focus more on his, on his conspiracy theories and go into deeper things like that. You know, and that, and that something like that would, in my mind, be like a, a genuine spinoff. I, th- or, I think you got uh, something going here. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for like the a, end when it comes to like, a, I'm ready to keep going. like a mix between X Files and Bones. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, which and I mean, think about it. I mean, Fox is they're bringing the X Files back. Clearly, there's 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 a big um, push for the X Files. Like David Duchovny had come in and directed an episode of Bones. We're actually shooting on the old X Files uh, stage, stage six, where the lab is, is the old X Files stage oh, cool. um, when they were in L. A. And, uh, but yeah, I feel like that, you know, there, there are stories there. So that, but that would be a spinoff. Or if you took, you know, again, one of the interns. So The Finder, I don't know that it was a real, genuine spinoff. Um, but, you know, they attempted it and found it. I think what's nice about Bones over at Fox is that it has been kind of standing its ground all this time, right? I mean, yeah. it's a show they can rely on. Look, it's not a hit, hit show. I mean, I know they say it's a hit show, and, and that's very kind, and it's nice to hear, you know, the word HIT put. <laughs> But the reality of the situation is I, I think that it's more of a it, – it, it's a strong show that has a certain fan base whom we love that has stuck with us and been dedicated to our show ever since. Uh, it, it's really why Bones is still on the air. Also, it does extremely well internationally. It does, it's a really good show overseas. Um, and – and because the network of Fox, you know, in the last decade, it's really, I mean, this is, this is you know, no surprise, but it's struggled so much in the last 10 years to find new programming. I mean, yeah, we've been through, even since Bones has been on the air, we've been through, what, I think three, maybe four network heads. Um, you know, so we've seen the changing of the guard that many times while our show's been on the air. And, and several of those guards, by the way, came in saying, okay, one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to kill Bones. Like, that's, that's gone. That was, that was the last person show. That's going to go. But let me quickly put some of my ideas out there and create some new shows, and then I'll replace Bones. And, you know, it never got replaced. And nothing ever got as good of ratings as Bones did when it came to the one-hour shows on, on Fox. It wasn't until Empire that Fox had a runaway one-hour show. You know, there were yeah. moments, the Prison Break, first episode of Prison Break, it was like, oh, my God, here's their new hit show. And, you know, and then after a season or two, it was suddenly like, mm, you know, there's only so much you can do with that. And right. and um, there were big shows that they were planning on. Terra Nova, I remember everyone was like, oh, my God, Terra Nova's going to be huge. They're spending so much money on it. It's going to be amazing. You know, things just kind of came and went. So a show like Terra Nova, where, where they sunk a ton of money into it, and, you know, everyone expected and thought at the time, of course, they wouldn't spend the money on it if they didn't think so, that yeah. it was going to be a, a runaway hit. But it wasn't. So, again, the landscape at Fox, was one in which Bones had the opportunity to grow its roots and, and really try and become a show. We, we were allowed the opportunity to find our audience and keep going and growing, whereas, again, if we had been on CBS season one, we probably would have been canceled after the first season because the ratings would be nothing near like 
you know, well, then we don't really know. I guess maybe if it was on CBS, the ratings would have been higher in numbers. But it's also in today's day and age. You know, look, I watch shows. I mean, I watch cable shows, Walking Dead and, and, and House of Cards and Downton Abbey and Game of Thrones. And, you know, those are the shows that I'm tuning into. And that we all know that even though those shows don't have enormous ratings, I mean, they do on cable, but compared to network shows, they don't compare. But but it's funny how we have. We've, we've, we've reached to this place where even though the overnights are still being used as, kind of the how the show doing, it's not necessarily a truthful tell anymore of who's watching what, right? Yep. Your DVR numbers are much more telling. You're, you're plus five days and that. So, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting for the networks in the next couple of years of, of how they start really figuring out what shows are, are true hits and what people are tuning into. Yeah. yeah I've been watching it. Yeah. I was going to say, Netflix changed a lot of things in that aspect. I mean, I know a lot of people who watch shows uh, somewhat religiously, but they wait until the last season comes out on Netflix to watch it. So, I mean, that, you know, going to your point, that doesn't help the overnights at all, but you're still, th- that show is still getting a lot of viewers. Yeah, it's, yeah, we, we, I mean, again, binge watching is so fun. I do that now. I, there, there are moments where I'm like, well, I do want to watch this show, but I'm going to wait till next week so I can watch two in a row. I mean, it's weird. I mean, we're all just getting into this new way of watching television, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting how it goes. But, but it's been a, a really fun ride. I mean, I think, I think truly, you know, the, everyone always says this about shows. Like, they, they, they thank their fans, and they should, because, you know, all of us are working only because we have people tuning in to watch what we do. But there is, there is a truth to the fact that the Bones fans are so dedicated, way more than I think even other shows. I think even some of the shows we've talked about already, like, you can tune into some of the, the other, you know, episodic type television because it's, you know, they've just gotten, it's what they do on Thursday night or Friday night or whatever night they watch. But the Bones fans, they are just committed to it. And they, man, they know the show better than we do. And, and we're only on the air still because of them. And, and I think we all know that and we respect that. And we are trying to bust our butts every day still in, in writing scripts and producing scripts and acting scripts that will keep those guys excited and, and still wanting to watch. Yeah, I mean, Fox is, uh, uh, Fox is, uh, is actually one of my favorite channels to watch. There's, there's a ton of great, uh, shows, you know, including Bones on Fox, but Fox is also what I call, and I don't mean this in a, in a disrespectful way either to Fox, uh, but Fox is what I call my heartbreak network because there's a lot, there's been a ton of shows on Fox that I have grown to love over the short time that they were on that just end up not making, not making the mark. And it's, it's no, it's not Fox's fault, obviously. It's due to the ratings of the show. I mean, but you mentioned Terra Nova. Prison Break was another one I was a big fan of. Firefly, which only went, I think, about 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Fox has so many great shows on, and I'm so glad that Bones has made that run, that 10-year run. Um, I know I've looked online. I haven't seen any confirmation, so I don't know if it's anything you can confirm. Will be Bo- Will Bones be back for season 11? We don't know. We still don't know. We actually, I just wrapped, uh, the finale on Friday. I think Emily, I just, I just went to set real quick to do some ADR and I think Em is still working today. Um, and then basically we're done. I mean, they're, they're going to finish up. We've got, we've got two more episodes to kind of edit and, and finish through post-production. And then as of now, we have not a clue. I mean, you know, there's just, we don't know. We don't know. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't come back, but there's a lot of changes going on, so, yeah, I don't think I can say much more. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, obviously we have our fingers crossed that it's going to come back for, you know, for the I, I season. It, 
I think it will, and I can tell you that everyone wants it to, including all of us. Like, I think the entire cast and the, the writing staff, and I think we're all really wanting it to. And I think, honestly, even the network and the studio are really wanting it to. I think it's, I think everyone's rooting for it to come back. It's just there are so many things that, as you know, that networks and studios and people deal with. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with whether something wants to come back or not. But, but yeah, we're, I think we're pretty close to, to being able to hear. But I, you know, even the, even the finale, I mean, it was one of those moments where we really didn't know. Stephen Nathan, as he was writing the finale, had no clue if he was writing a season finale or a series finale. And again, because we've had such dedicated fans for a decade, you know, it's, it, it would be, it would be sad if, if it didn't, if the show didn't end with a nice bang for them, right? Yeah. And, yeah. So we didn't know what to do, and there was talks leading up to it. We kind of, because we all originally thought, well, we're going to know before the finale. Before we get to the finale, we're going to know, we're going to know. Well, it didn't happen. And then we suddenly started thinking, well, are we going to do two endings? We talked about that. Like, maybe we'd shoot two separate endings. And, and then we talked about, no, forget it. We're just going to end the series. Let's just end the series. And then if it does come back, we can always kind of, like, pick back up where we were type thing. And, you know, there was just back and forth, back and forth. And then finally Stephen wrote, an amazing finale that kind of, I think, does a really nice job of, if it has to be the series finale, which here's hoping it isn't, but if it has to be, it would work as one. Um, and so many shows go through that. I mean, I think even Breaking Bad went through that, and, you know, some, some really amazing shows have gone through that whole, I don't know if this is coming back, so I better end it in a way where if it had to be the final one, it could be. So that's kind of the boat we're in right now. Yeah, I mean... It's it, weird, too, isn't... Yeah, go ahead, sir. No, no, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, a show like Bones that's given Fox a great 10-year run... I would think that the network would would at least be a little bit more understanding about it, and if the if the ratings were down or anything, which thankfully they're not, and and they were getting ready to end the show, you know, maybe they would just throw a bone your way and be like, uh, you know, you guys have given us a great ten years. This is going to be your final season. We want to give you this opportunity to wrap this up. I, I I think we all expected what you said to be the way that it would be, how it would go down, but I also think that. You know, Dana and Gary, who, who run the network now, who I'm an unbelievable fan of both of them, and they have been the studio for the entire length of Bones. So Bones really is their show. Um, they oversaw Bones from day one, so it's their production. Um, so that's nice because they're they're clearly fans of the show because it's their it's their personal production. But they are in a, a completely different. Um, position than they were in just just as studio. So I'm sure again there are so many things that cross their desk that they have to deal with and think about that we have no clue. To us it's as simple as, hey come on, it's a fun show and we've been on a long time, you know, let's give the fans but I'm sure it, it just breaks down the thing that we wouldn't even think about that yeah. they have to make on. So that's what I think really will blow down because I actually do feel very confident that both Dana and Gary um, would absolutely pick the show up in a second if, if, if it was just about are they fans of the show and are they fans of the show or, right. you know, or if it was going to end, I think they would, they would, they would, they would be so kind and say, hey guys, I think it was a final thing, so let's, let's go out with the bang. But I don't think they'd let us know because honestly, I think they are fans and they're really hoping themselves that it, that it gets to go again. Um, so yeah, so I think, I think once they, they figure out a few more things, then I think they can give the green light. And I, and I don't know, I'm feeling very confident that, that they will. Um, well, they, it's it's a little known fact they actually listen to our podcast all the time. So uh, you made a strong push, and I'm I'm feeling confident as well. Good, good. See, we're good. Uh, I want to go back to your resume uh, for a couple minutes again. Uh, all the different things that I had mentioned that were on there before. You, like I said, you had a long career of work 
uh, and a lot of different one-offs on a lot of different great shows that I- I've seen, I've watched every episode of, so I-, I I know I've seen you before, even before Bones. Uh, you mentioned Angel. I was a big fan of, of Buffy and Angel. So, uh, you know, that's, that's actually where I know David from. And, um, you know, the CSI shows I've seen, it's been on for 15 years, but I've seen every episode of CSI, uh, as a big fan of CSI New York and Gary Sinise. So you've obviously worked with a ton of great, um, and big name actors, you know, Gary Sinise, Kiefer, uh, out of all those people that you've worked with, are there, does it surprise you that you've gotten the opportunity to work with such big name actors like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I had a, I mean, I was on a film with, with, where I was getting to watch Al Pacino work and another film where I was getting to watch Robert De Niro work and, you know, another film with Albert Finney. And yeah, I mean, it, 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 it blows my mind. And, and I'm such a big fan like you. I'm, I, man, I watch everything. And, and I mean, in this industry, because I'm so giddy about entertainment and movies and television. So to suddenly be sitting across the table from Julia Roberts or be, you know, acting scenes with Jim Carrey or, or, you know, Jack Nicholson or whomever it is, Kiefer Sutherland, it's, it's, it, I, I really have to kind of keep the fan guy in me quiet so that the actor in me can kind of do his job. Otherwise, yeah. I'd just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, so yeah, no, I, I've been very, very lucky and, and I mean, man, I've got a far way to go. I mean, I've got to, I got to bust my butt to, to kind of get to that space where I can actually be working continuously. And, you know, I mean, I mean, your job's never done, right? So yeah. I'm very far from, from where I need to be, where I feel, um, I'm just going to be able to be in that lucky space of getting a script and, you know, one job goes down and you go walk right into another. But uh, here's hoping I get to keep working with these guys. Uh, you, and more ben, and more. ben, how did you not mention Chuck Norris in all that? Chuck Norris is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I, so I grew up, I, I grew up, I told you, in, in Boston and, you know, that's my hometown. But I I moved around a lot. I lived in a, a lot of different uh, parts of, of the U.S. And, and I was in Texas for quite a bit of that. So when Walker, Texas Ranger came around, uh, they flew me, I auditioned for it in LA, and they, I got the role, and they flew me back to Dallas, where I grew up, and it was so cool. I mean, it was like, it was so neat to be back there shooting Wired Texas Ranger. <laughs> you know, when you're in Texas growing up as a kid, that's, you know, that's what you watch. And, and like, to be kind of like the, like, the Hollywood guy coming into town, and you know what I mean, and seeing my old friend. I mean, that was so cool. I mean, that just felt so neat. I did that with Michael Ironside, and because Michael Ironside, he, who is so funny, oh my god, that guy's so funny, you can get him on the show, um, but uh, he had to work, uh, I forget what the situation was, but he had to do another project, so we had to shoot the three episodes in, in just one week, so we just kind of went back to back to back to back on, the, on, on that production, so I got to stay out there for like three weeks, but I only worked for like five days of that, and it was really neat. I got to see a bunch of friends. It was cool. Yeah. Two of the credits on your, on your resume, uh, I'm actually kind of jealous of because they're two of my, still to this day, two of my all time favorite sitcoms. Uh, you, it's one of your first roles. You did the role, uh, on Home Improvement, mm-hmm. uh, as Todd. Yeah. And, yeah. and the second one, because I'm a huge Tim Allen fan. So it's, and I've been, that's probably my number one favorite sitcom still to this day of all time. Uh, but my second favorite sitcom of all time, I actually, when I saw, read this on your resume, I had to go back and rewatch the episode just because I wanted to see it myself. You played a young doctor on Friends. Yes, yeah, in the 100th episode. It was the 100th episode. Yeah, the, the episode where Phoebe had the, uh, the triplets. Triplets, yep, that's right, yeah. So I can't imagine yeah. what working with that cast was, was that like. Was amazing. 
Oh, I remember that that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really fun. I mean, it was incredible. And that show at the time, too, at that time, was of, you know, 50 seasons, 100 episodes. Um, it was, it was so cool. I mean, the, the entire country was watching that show. And so it was really neat to kind of be stepping through. Uh, but they were so nice, so welcoming. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was typical sitcom where, where you bust your butt kind of leading up to the day of shooting, kind of rehearsing, working things out, working kinks out. And then the audience comes in, you're doing your dialogue and, you know, if it, if they don't get a big enough house laugh, boom, they rewrite your stuff right there and hand you something else to go again. Nope, didn't work. Do it again. Another joke. Nope, didn't work. Do it again. Another joke, you know, and so, the whole, she calls me Doopy Hauser, and she's like, Doopy, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and that was a rewrite. It was kind of the original, whatever we did kind of worked, but not, you know, they felt like they could get, they could get more out of it, so they kept giving Lisa Kudrow some, some changes, but that, I think that was the second or third one that she got, and the audience just cracked up, so they're like, okay, that'll be a keeper, we'll call him Doopy, and then I think they added a line, too, with uh, Giovanni Ribisi, who's her brother, and I think he comes back in and goes, oh, cool, you made him cry. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, that was an added one also. So, yeah, it was surreal. I mean, it was really neat. And and, and that show more than, than any leading up to because, again, I, I didn't have an agent. I was trying to, like, get, you know, gigs. And so to be on a show like that and be able to call my brothers and sisters and be like, I'm going to be on Friends, you know, I mean, it was such a cool, a huge thing. And Home Improvement, same thing. That was one of my very first um, – so there's, there's, there's titles of roles, right? That, that, that go on your resume. You're, you're featured. So you, you know, there's, there's, there's background or featured extra. Excuse me. There's background or extra. And then there's featured extra, which means like maybe you're like, like just behind someone and you have a reaction to something that they do. And then there's, there's featured, which would mean that you have maybe a line. You know, you actually say something, you speak. So you're featured with something. And then there's co-star. Co-star is like, well, you have a few lines, you know? And then there's, there's a uh, guest star, which means you have an arc. There's a character arc, and you're kind of like a, a big part of the thing. And then there's recurring, where you're, you come back more, your character comes back more and more and more. And so for me, you know, working, I mean, everything I had on my resume was featured, 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 featured. So I went in an audition for Home Improvement uh, off of one of those workshops I was talking about, workshops or showcases or something like that. And that role was hot. I mean, my gosh, there were like three scenes or four scenes with Tim Allen. Like, I mean, and I just thought, oh my God. I mean, when I got that, I was so excited. I got paid a little bit more and I, I got to hang out with them a little bit more. And oh man, it was so fun. I remember very, very vividly, like going to Kinko's and changing my <laughs> resume and adding like my first co-star and home improvement, which was a huge show. And yeah, I was very proud of that. That was on my, that was on my demo reel for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Should still be on there. Yeah, I know, right? It was, uh, <laughs> let's see a good ending. Yeah. Um, I know recently, uh, probably just over a month ago, which your birthday happens to be three days before my dad's birthday, so it's easy to remember. Oh, wow. Uh, you, uh, you just turned 40 recently, right? I did. I had a well, big birthday, yeah. Uh, I was going to say happy birthday to you. Did you do anything special for the over the quote unquote over the hill, even though I think. That's probably, you know, what they say, 50 is the new 40 now or whatever it is, but 40 is the new 30, so. <laughs> um, my family, I, I come from a big family. There's there's, I have, there's six of us. There's mom and dad, and then there's there's six kids, um, three boys and six girls. So, And I'm very close to all of them. So they actually all got together with my dearest, like, closest friends and put together this video for me. And it was just a birthday, it was like a 15-minute birthday video. Man, it was so amazing. And uh, I got to have dinner with them and run around with them and, you know, we we were pretty low key, but that's kind of how I am anyway. Go to the movies, have a great dinner, go home and play board games with brothers and sisters. 
it was perfect. And mom made, you know, Italian food and it was great. Everything was wonderful. It was, it was the perfect birthday. That's awesome. Um, I, I know we're getting ready to, to wrap things up with you, but, uh, one of the last things I wanted to mention too is I checked out, uh, tjthine.com and, uh-huh. uh, apparently, and I checked out the TJ skeletons. It, you, you have some updating to do, my friend. <laughs> it, it seems so like it's, it seems like it's like, been a while. It's funny you mentioned <laughs> that because that's a site, um, uh, two amazing women sharing Stephanie run that site and I actually just before I got on the phone with you guys I just had an interview with them periodically they'll call me and I'll, I'll go over there and do like a little chat or interview or something like that but um, yeah I've not I, I need to go on there I need to go back on there and see what's but what's the there's updates on the what'd you say what's the TJ Skeletons that's just kind of the resume stuff I think it's I think it's more like a Q&A kind of thing ah uh, okay gotcha yeah. Yeah, there hasn't. Yeah, there hasn't been anything on there. I think since 2011. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, since I, your 36th birthday, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can scratch it up to the success of Bones. You've just been a very busy person, so it's yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I, I. That's really funny. I. Yeah, I'll have to go on and pick at that. See what's what. That's really funny. <laughs> we will. Uh, we'll. If you want, we'll come on your website, and you can interview us then. Now we can finish out this <laughs> portion of, uh, of this. So. Yeah, I have so many questions. You guys are already kicking me off. No, no, no. Yeah. If you if you have questions for us, by all oh okay, because <laughs> they by all means go for oh, it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we should. You know what? We should start a new segment on the podcast. Where every once in a while, we have somebody come in and interview us. Yeah. What are you guys? What are you guys watching? Like, what's what are the shows currently on that you're you're actually tuning into and watching? Uh, well, I, I know Adam and I are both uh, big Game of Thrones fans, so uh, we're yeah. definitely watching that. Adam just House got finished cards. binge watching that. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, House of Cards. I just I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out yet, but I watched all of them. But well, the um the new Daredevil series on Netflix. Oh, is that good? It's amazing. Like, it's... Oh, okay. Marvel has really stepped up their game with this. It's very dark, it's oh. very gritty, but it's... Fight scenes, everything, it is... I'm a huge fan, and it's so hard. See, I, I like the binge-watch nature, too. Uh, You know, as I mentioned, CSI. I actually caught the first seven seasons of CSI on, in a marathon on Spike. So before yeah. Netflix was, you know, had it up. That's, I, yeah, that's old-school binge-watching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, where you sit through, where an hour show takes an hour because of commercials. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Right I, now everybody's thinking, you have no life, Ben. Well, back then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, binge watching, you can still kind of have a life, you just kind of fit it in. Whereas, yeah, the kind of, the old school of watching each week, it's just so hard, man. I yeah. just watched Veep again, like the newest episode of Veep, and it's so hard to have to wait. It's just, like, and Game of Thrones, like you said, it's just like, uh, a wait. Well, I kind of. I kind of try and have a little bit of self-control when it comes to House of Cards and Daredevil, mainly because the the long the quicker I finish the season, the longer I have to wait for the next one. I know, man. So, oh, so you're not finished with House of Cards yet? No, I'm I'm still I'm maybe about three episodes in the House of Cards, three or four episodes in the House of Cards, and three or four episodes in the Daredevil. So I'm not completely oh, finished man. either one of them yet. Oh, it's so good! You're gonna love it. it I want. Yeah, I think I'm uh ten. I think I just watched ten uh today right. or yesterday. So. I'm getting there. I hear the I hear the cliffhanger at the end of the season. It's pretty crazy. The whole oh, so good. The acting, the writing, man. That's that's a great show. So, I did you say earlier too that you're a Walking Dead fan? A huge Walking Dead fan, and I binge watched that leading up to it too. I was kind of one of those people that, like, early on, I was like, yeah, like, oh, everyone's like, "Tj, you're gonna love it." And 
I was like, yeah, zombies. I don't know, you know. And and I was kind of caught in that hole, like, yeah. And then uh, finally, you know, a buddy of mine was like, come on, you more than anyone knows that that all television, great television, great writing is about human nature. It's not about the subject matter it's, it's surrounded by. And I thought, well, that's a good point. So I sat down and watched an episode. Oh my god, I just I ate it for breakfast. And I mean, I think I was actually. I had to like haul butt to set a few times because I was, I'm never late. I'm always on time for set or early, but there are a few times while watching Walking Dead, I came pretty close because <laughs> I was just like, I gotta finish, I gotta finish. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm just, that's a great show. God, I'm so good on that. Yeah, I've been a day one watcher of Walking Dead since, you know, since the very beginning. If, so, I, I know this is probably a stupid question now after hearing how big of a fan you are, but if after Bones or, in between bones, you were ever offered a role on Walking Dead. Safe to say, you take it in a heartbeat. In, in a heartbeat, in, in any of those shows we mentioned, but I don't think I'm actually really allowed to. I mean, I think contractually, we it's it's fine, you know, it's in the fine writing. But I I, I kind of think we there's there's I'm sure I could ask and I could get permission. And because Walking Dead and Game of Thrones yeah. and actually even House of Cards are so different from Bones, it might be. They, they would probably say, yeah, sure, go ahead. But, um, like a you know, it's, it's a little, or something. yeah, they don't want to, it's, it's, you know, they, we got to be careful about, you know, I mean, if it's on a Fox show, if Emily goes and does her sister show or her sister comes to our show, or if I went to go do Finder, it's a little bit more fun because you can kind of cross over. But, but if I went out and did a, another, you know, if I did something that, that is very bone desk, it would, you know, they'd be a little bit like, they would be very sound. Yeah. yeah. Zoe, Zoe on bones would be an interesting crossover. She came on. She Did actually she? came on. She, oh, I she came one. on as as uh, as Brennan's cousin. As her oh, cousin, I missed, yeah. I, I missed that. It was one. fun. It was really fun. It was actually a fun one. Um, that was a couple seasons ago, but yeah. So, uh, well, I know we would love to talk to you all night. So definitely, we're we're gonna definitely try and get you on again, especially if Bones is picked up for a season eleven. Uh, yeah, which you know, definitely fingers crossed for that. Because TJ, this has been so much fun. Like honestly, we could talk to you all night. Yeah, you guys were great. I really appreciate you having me on. And honestly, you should seriously reach out to David and Michaela and Michael. Those guys would love to be on, and you can talk Philly all day long. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. We had, we almost met David last year, uh, but his schedule uh-huh. his schedule was very very tight, so we didn't find yeah, a way to, comes, to slip into uh, there. He comes into town for Comic Con, uh, which yeah. we had last year. So yeah, we almost crossed paths, but uh, I'm sure his schedule is is very tight in the brief amount of time that he's in town. Yeah. yeah, they they move him around quite a bit. He is he is quite busy, but but um, but you know he's a good guy, and I bet I bet uh, if you get a minute with him, he'd love to come on and and have a chat. Oh yeah, we'd love to have him on. Anybody anybody from the rest of the cast. So talk us up. Give us a good uh good <laughs> yeah, recommendation. It's a great cast too. <laughs> I have to say, after ten years of being with these guys, I mean we're all still really good friends. We hang out outside the set, so it's it's a good group. We're you know yeah. we got luck. We all got very lucky. I mean, we feel that way. When Bones does have, fi- you know, have that final season, we'll have to do like a, a Bones special or something and have a few, a few of you guys on the same podcast. Well, here's hoping that that's not for years and years to come. But yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. That. I mean, we'll be this will be, you know, <laughs> smartphones will be extinct. It'll be something. Different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll be on to the next. Actually, All right, we'll guys. Well, thank you so podcast. much for having me. I do, I do appreciate it. It was lots of fun. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we want to send everybody to your way. Your your Twitter account is at TJ Thine. Uh, so we want to recommend people follow you on there. Follow Bones at Bones on Fox. And, of course, be sure to check out Bones every Thursday, 8, 7 Central. Uh, TJ, thanks again for joining us. This was great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, stick around. We will be right back with the showcast in just a few.